with interest rates rising in the U.S., there's been a lot of talk of the property market softening. Where will it go from here? Has the interest rate cycle in the U.S. peaked? Well, there are pockets of real estate that appear relatively immune to this market cycle, one of them being the medical commercial real estate sector. Joining us to discuss this is Justin Clark, who is Chief Operating Officer at Orbvest. Hi, Justin. Good to have you on. What is the real estate market doing in general in the USA? Given that intro that I just went over about rising interest rates, how is the medical commercial real estate market surviving under these conditions? Darren, yes, great to be online again. And uh, I think uh, following our, our last conversation, uh, the previous podcast, I think it's been pretty interesting. Um, inflation in the U.S. is really crazy. It's the highest it's been since the 80s. And, of course, the Fed is reacting and interest rates are obviously uh, increasing uh, in order to try and uh, you know, control these inflationary forces. But um, you know, there, there are a couple of things that uh, that I see you know, in the news quite recently. Specifically, uh, article on Bloomberg yesterday. There's very strong evidence that inflation will normalise pretty quickly, and uh, by the end of the year, which uh, I think is quite interesting. We certainly have been planning for it to be um, a high inflation environment, certainly for the next uh, 24 months or so. But um, it seems like. Uh, uh, measures being taken by the Fed are certainly already biting. Um, interesting, the construction sector, one of the real indicators is the cost of lumber, or as they call it over there, or timber for us. And, um, and that price is plummeting. And, uh, obviously after COVID, there was a lot of people doing activity, um, you know, building on, uh, doing alterations to their homes, et cetera. And, uh, the price rocketed, obviously, uh, you know, with the, additional pressures of uh of supply side pressures so you know i think that's a good a good indication of the fact that you know these uh um fed measures are, are are clearly you know biting very very hard and very quickly so at the same time it's quite interesting that we are also seeing large capital inflows into the commercial real estate sector specifically i can touch on residential for a second i mean uh there is a, an interesting scenario in the states that there is actually not a lot of supply of of uh, of secondhand real estate on the market. So um, so we're not having a, much of an impact on real estate prices at this point. Um, although if you look at the indicators, you can see that the new home loans to certainly the sector below sort of six to seven hundred thousand dollars, those type of home loans are uh, very clearly dropping off quite dramatically. Um, so people are not applying for new debt. But um, a lot of refinancing happened in the good days when interest rates were low, especially just after COVID. So I think, again, you know, that, that we have to, uh, you know, we have to understand that in context. So, um, you know, especially in our sector, in the medical sector, and there are others, um, industrial, I think we, talk, we talked a little bit about uh, last time, there is an enormous amount of interest. And cap rates have remained super firm. That means that Buildings really haven't um, followed the interest rates and 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 and, uh, and and reduced in value. If anything, they're still increasing in value, especially in the medical environment. We find that um, certainly when it comes to the uh, you know the big REITs etc., um, they are still aggressively acquiring the really uh, attractive assets. They're going for any building that's got nice long leases that um, you know that has uh, good escalation etc. So there is absolutely ongoing demand for these type of commercial industrial properties. And of course, 
it is considered by the smart money to be an inflationary hedge. So all this money moving out of markets effectively and moving into commercial real estate is having a kind of a double whammy on us, if you want to put it that. Interest rates, so costs going up, um, uh, taxes and, and, uh, and, and remedial work that you do on the building, costs going up. And at the same time, price of new buildings, costs going up. So, uh, so it's a very interesting scenario for the commercial real estate space. If I can just circle back to what Orbvest itself is offering, it does beg the question, what you, you've been giving us this background about the real estate market in the U.S. Why not invest in publicly traded REITs or real estate investment trusts in the USA? What's fundamentally different about what you are doing, what Orbvest is doing? Yeah, I think there's uh, two main differences. And uh, first of all, it's volatility. Um, when you are investing in a, in a U.S. REIT, um, you are very susceptible to um, market or Mr. Market. So the ebb and flow of the market. Um, and and, and I, I like to quote um, one of the largest trading REITs in the U.S., American Tower Corporation, uh, which I was actually just looking at yesterday. It's trading at 223 U.S. dollars a share, which is exactly where it was in its peak in 2019. So it's kind of recovered quite strongly, but it pays consistently a dividend of around about 2.2%. So, you know, that's considered kind of an okay return for people looking for kind of stable returns. But if you want to sell, make sure that you sell at the top of the market and not when the market sentiment turns against that particular uh, REIT. The difference is, of course, you know, our products are normally limited to a small portfolio or a single building where we have long-term leases that almost guarantee the income of that particular property. So it's kind of ring-fenced to a much smaller sample of property. And um, our cash on cash dividends is typically an idea across all our portfolio um, over the last six years, and that's up to the end of last year, was 7.3%, including um, some of the older opportunistic buildings that we acquired right in the beginning that have obviously not performed as well, you know, partly as a result of the the big COVID hangover. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, to, to, to nail it to two things. One, your return is going to be considerably lower, your cash on cash. And um, especially for South African investors, we kind of are in a higher return frame of mind because our interest rates are higher. So we're kind of comparing it against returns that we will get in RAND. So, yeah, think about it. 7.3% in US dollar terms is actually a, a really, really good return. And that's the cash on cash. There is obviously the additional benefit that we have a limited investment period, uh, normally five years. And at the end of the five-year period, when we sell the building, any capital growth we obviously share with investors. So that pushes that 7.3 up to our target range of above 10%. So 10% US dollars, you know, as opposed to your, your REIT where you're speculating with the, uh, with the market and at the same time earning a very low dividend. I mean, that sounds very good in US terms. Now, if you invest in a single building like you're offering and that building doesn't perform the way that you expect it to, do you have the benefit of a blended return across a broad portfolio? Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. Um, you know, it, it comes down to our early days when we uh, started to acquire these buildings. And, uh, you know, I think I've told the story before, but originally, uh, any good South African who's got a huge portfolio of medical buildings in South Africa started to acquire these buildings. And initially it was just with a couple of large, very astute property investors that were ultimately looking at, at, at big returns. So we sought out buildings where there was a repurposing required. Let's say that 
it is a building with a large amount of vacancy, it's got some old commercial tenants on low leases and a, and a core of medical tenants. You get rid of the commercial tenants, you put the medical tenants in, it automatically adds value to the building. It creates a nice synergistic relationship between those doctors and it becomes a very, very strong asset. So obviously with, there's risk there because you've got old commercial tenants that, uh, that have been affected, for example, by COVID. But at the same time, with risk comes reward. But I must be very clear here, Karen, we have learned that we actually have no appetite for risk and certainly our investors don't have, you know, predominantly people from the third world, South Africa, uh, they want to make sure their money is just kind of safe and, and, and ticking over. So now we only do what's called in the U.S. core, core plus and, and value add. And um, core is really just a building that you're buying the income stream. There is a solid uh, a credit tenant who's paying the lease over a long period of time. We call it the Walter average lease term. And, um, and, and this is generally a slightly lower return because these buildings are, are more expensive. But you know that you're going to get your dividend over the period of the investment and a little bit of, of, of a kicker at the end. So that's what we prefer. And, uh, you know, the, the, the thing is that uh, you know, people say, well, what would you put your granny into? And, um, and we've developed a product, especially for our sort of evolving market, which is a little portfolio of all our existing buildings. And, um, and that will probably be spread. ODH5 is, is the one that's currently uh, available. I mean, there'll probably be 100 tenants and 20 buildings across multiple states once, you know, it's fully deployed. And um, and that's the kind of product that I'd put my granny into. That's that's we're talking about a seven percent cash on cash and a and a ten percent RR over the period of the five years. So yeah, I think that that's kind of um, where we're going to and moving away from the slightly higher risk, if I can say, single buildings that are more opportunistic. Okay, so talking about these uh, value add deals, your next offering is due to launch next week in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Why Albuquerque? Yes, this is a this is a great uh, topic. You know, I I, I think uh, you know for South Africans we kind of know California and, and, and New York, and, and we kind of expect these assets to be in these big cities. But uh, first of all, cap rates in New York, even at this particular time, and and California are very low, which means you pay a huge premium for these buildings. Um, and um, and if you're really looking for good returns, you have to look at also the underlying fundamentals of, of, of that state. There is this uh, interesting phenomenon, which uh, I'm sure all of your listeners will uh, understand, that there are people moving out of the likes of the East and the West Coast towards the smile states, um, specifically uh, Arizona, uh, Florida, uh, Texas. Uh, you know, there's this, this movement of people and capital and businesses out of, out of the East and the West. So you're getting these very interesting growth curves. And, you know, if you're investing in commercial real estate and you've got a uh, accelerating economy and a, and a growing populace, you know, you, you, you the wind is behind you. You know, you can't really go wrong. So we came across this deal in Albuquerque, which is in a state called New Mexico, uh, pretty close to Phoenix, Arizona, that, that many will know is an absolute, you know, growth story. And um, we kind of like to follow the smart money. So we see where the big investments are happening. And Albuquerque has got a pretty low cost of running a business. They are very dynamic in their in their thinking in terms of attracting investment. And there has been a huge amount of cash piled into into Albuquerque recently, such that there is very little vacancy of offices. And in fact, medical offices are down to 2.5% vacancy. So really the ones that are vacant are 
officers that maybe are B grade, not really letable. So um, basically, demand exceeds supply for uh, commercial uh, medical real estate. Um, I mean, the investment going into Albuquerque, it's, it's crazy if you look at it. It's, um, you know, Netflix is building a whole studio there. I think it's in excess of a billion dollar investment. Um, Facebook is, is putting up their, their new data center there. Um, Intel is, I think, investing around about three to three and a half billion dollars in their, in their, uh, their latest plant. So, you know, you can see that this is a, this is a state that really has very, very strong fundamentals. And, you know, it, it's kind of picking up a lot of overflow from, um, from corporations and companies that, that want to take advantage of the uh, investment opportunities there. So, yeah, it's a fantastic growth city. It's a great building that we'll be able to acquire for the right price. Okay, and I see that you are having a webinar with Simon Brown, MoneyWeb Simon Brown, on Wednesday. That's June the 8th, and you're going to talk about this topic in more detail. So how do listeners get registered for that? Yeah, absolutely. Your 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 colleague Simon um, will be grilling myself and and Martin Freeman, our, our CEO, who heads up the, the team in the, in the US. And uh, I think we'll we'll cover a little bit about uh, the uh, US economy directly from Martin, and uh, of course get into a little bit more detail of um, the Albuquerque deal, uh, why it's a, a great investment opportunity, and um, yeah, I mean there's a number of ways that you can do it. There there, there will be a, a various uh, social media campaigns I think on MoneyWeb. Um, and otherwise, if you if you want a simple solution, you can either mail me directly, uh, Justin at allbest.com, or you can just uh, email support at allbest.com, and um, and we'll certainly register you up for that webinar on the evening of Wednesday the eighth. Right. So that's Justin at orbvest.com, which is O-R-B-V-E-S-T dot com. Justin Clark, we're going to leave it there, but we look forward to this webinar with Simon Brown coming up on Wednesday, the 8th of June. Thanks very much for joining us, Justin.